Welcome to Elemental Collision. My name is Dave Graham. Today we're talking with Pete Mills of Alt Theory about community and conservation. Let's have a listen. <laughs> so on that note, Pete Mills. Pete, right? Peter? Pete? Yeah, that's it. Pete. I'm happy with Pete. Yeah. Oh, cool. So nice to meet you, Pete. Uh, it's one of these situations where I, I, I say this on almost every single podcast now that I've been in, introduced to all these fascinating people by other people, right? My community is expanding and we have a, a common friend, Naomi Temperley, who is, uh, as we've discussed, very phenomenal at what she does. She Absolutely. doesn't know how amazing she is. So on that note, Pete, tell us a little bit about yourself what you do, why you do it, what's the motivation behind you? Cool. All right. That's a big, a big question. So, so yeah, I, um, I, I, I set, uh, I set a business in motion, um, eight, nine years ago. And I think, I think that to be honest, mate, that just tracks back from, uh, growing up with a family that were self-employed. So had their own, uh, small business. And, uh, I tried, I tried two corporate jobs actually, one was as an industrial trainee with IBM, uh, so during during university, and uh, not convinced that I told myself working for a big organisation wasn't for me. I trained as a corporate lawyer for two years on graduation. Oh so, yeah, <laughs> since, since the previous life. <laughs> yeah, we all have. Um, yeah. So, but the the impact i suppose both experiences had on me was was that you know the world's changing and and technology's at the forefront so um i i i came up for my qualification uh to to be you know a full-time lawyer and um i just was like this this just isn't for me I, i think i have to go back to actually one being in charge of my own destiny um and and two doing things where i'm actually feeling like i'm making an impact sure. um so yeah that's where the, the sort of early my early part of my i suppose entrepreneurial career with calls nine started so what'd you think so you mentioned your family had done the self-employment thing right what, what was the what was the industry that they worked in or what did they what, what did you guys so, do so, so we had a very classic british uh business which was a fish and chip shop Nice. Uh, yeah, so we, we in fact, I'm the I'm the fourth generation that broke with that. So we, yeah, going back two other generations past my parents, we were sort of in that in that sector, and um, my parents and grandparents were, were, were in partnership for a while. And this is this is going back to the 80s, mate. So we, my grandparents had a house, which they lived in. And then you'd walk through a door and the fish and chip shop business would be next to it. So you'd come in and the customers would come in. So from an early age, I was I was exposed to that. And um, me and my brother were actually uh, expected to work in it from about 10. (laughs) (laughs) That kind of puts a new shine on community, man. If they're showing up in your door, you know, to get to the chipper, as they say, you know, it's 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 absolutely Um, absolutely. Well, it's, you know, it's intri- in- intriguing, I think, you know, being a child of the 80s, <clears throat> uh, different worlds. Obviously, I grew up in California, which is, you know, yes. everybody's not, like, not, oh, not you know, yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit different. I think the temperature is a little bit different there as well, yeah. you know, um, 
you know, expectations are, are different, right? The realities are different. It's always fascinating to me to, to hear people's stories about how they came to be in the circumstances that they are, right? That entrepreneurial spirit that's been kind of invested in you from lineage, family, really, yeah, yeah, really. Sure. You know, and yeah. then the impact that you said, you know, finding your meaning within within the context of all this is, is incredible. Um, yeah. And no doubt the stories that you heard from those customers that came in the door as well, right? It's, it's, you know, a lot, everything that we know of, you know, that gossip chain or the game of telephone that we play a lot, but you know, there's people, real people on the other side of that counter. There's real people that are, you know, walking through your front door with different varieties of human experience. Right. And absolutely. You know, that's, oh. how, how is, how have you seen that kind of affect your, your worldview? I mean, Massive. Yeah. You know, just listening to you talk there, you know, going back to my early sort of childhood memories where, you know, it was a very people came into that shop and they would come into that shop at certain times of the week for not just for years. So you so you saw families grow up, you saw people move on. You know, it was it was it was that. And I think um, from as as young as I can sort of remember things sort of being thrown on the counter. Here's Pete. Look, here he is in his car. I, I, I had to speak to people, right? Yeah. So, um, and um, exposed to sort of interactions really, really early on. And and also like, and, and this is sort of coming as I've got older, realizing that impact. And actually what I took for granted growing up, I now see how it shaped me as a person. So understanding the work and effort that my parents had to do every single day to make this thing work which looked really easy but actually you had all these consistencies that you had to make happen um and as my my dad used to say you're only as good as as your last fry which is basically the the portion of fish and chips that goes to a customer you're as only as good as that and and they won't come back if it's not right right so lots of real stories and real uh human interactions from 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 an early age and i think that's probably why I've always now in my grown-up career orientated towards customers and how people look and feel so I'm not I'm not a developer I'm not I'm not someone that can pick up and go right we're going to develop this product and start hammering away at the code but what I will do with things is start going well how how are how are people real people going to make this part of their everyday lives and that's where that the early the early upbringing, although it seems like a million miles away, it's it's dealing with people all day long. Yeah, no, that's inc- that's incredible to take all these kind yeah. of yeah. In the, again, going back, it's that that inbuilt learning. You know, your exposure to society, your exposure to community has really yeah. turned you into who you are today and what you do. I think we a lot you know, given the nature of business today, I mean, given technology, a lot of times we forget about that human element. Right, I'm gonna go make this AI. I'm gonna go do this, and then we, yeah, yeah, we suddenly yeah. run into that wall that says, "Wait a second, what you've done is actually really incredibly bad," because it yeah. forgot that on the other end of this, the receiver or the beneficiary or sometimes the opponent to this, you know, somebody or a victim, if you will, is, is a real human being. Right? It's yeah. it's mislabeling or mistranslating the story of technology or mistranslating that idea of technology into somebody else's life, and then all of a sudden. You know, we have situations, bad facial recognition, right? If somebody yeah. had sat down and said, how is this going to affect society rather than just designing 
Maths, yeah. maths is maths is agnostic. Maths is uh, you know it's it's black and white. There is no there is no yeah absolutely. No, but it's created by people. It's created by the same people that walk through your foyer, foyer. Sorry, and went into your chipper. It's those people. It's those stories. And so I think it's fascinating to be able to take that that concept and translate it now a couple decades later, right? Um, yeah. And turn that into something that. Yeah, you're, you're helping people actually understand their audience, right? Is, I mean, is Absolutely. that the nature of what alt theory is? And yeah, so so alt theory is right now. It, it's um, I'm keeping it. I'm keeping it deliberately loose in 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 the, in the respect of some really good advice uh, a friend gave me was don't try and reinvent yourself um, straight after an exit. So I at first I was like, yeah, whatever. I'm going to build in the future, and then it was like, no. I, I don't need to race off in a particular direction. But what I do know is I have a strong desire to help people and I am hungry for the next story and the next part because I love business and I love the idea of building things of value. But but alt theory is I've deliberately kept it a little bit woolly. Hence, we say we're innovation and growth because, well, what does that mean, Pete? And then we get into the detail. <laughs> but, 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 but for me now, I have something that sort of mirrors who I am, which is a fluid, a fluid state. And I, I think that that ultimately is the mindset that you need to have when you, you, you're moving technology products forward. Uh, absolutely. So I asked this question of everybody, and this is a smiled segue because I'm going to get back to the fluidity of old theory in just a second. Yeah, sure. So we've talked a little bit about your upbringing mm -hmm. and a little bit about the community that surrounded it. But let's yeah. go to the actual definition of what you believe community is, because I'm intrigued by that. My academic brain is intrigued by that. So in your words, Pete, what is community to you? A community for me is where... It's, it's real, it's authentic, it's accepting, it's accepting what people are about, what they might believe in, um, it's helping, it's sharing, it's, it's, it's collaboration, it, it's, yeah, it's a common purpose. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think of the things of what resonates with me, because interestingly, we're having a conversation at, the, at home at the minute, which is about moving right so my wife is saying let's find a new place to move to and so i'm looking at where i live right now and i'm thinking what i love about where i am even though could it be better could it have more trees could it be more green space could it have whatever right yeah. um, but i i live around people who um i know i could knock on the door and and if they needed help or i needed help we're around each other and there's a yeah. real community and we, we, we take pride in where we live and we want to keep the area clean and all that sort of stuff. And then I look at other areas where I think mm, you're just pretending to be something to fit into a lifestyle. And that, that Dave just completely turns me off. Yeah. So a community for me is something that's very real with very authentic people in it. And that could be in a business or that could be where you live. Right. For sure. Less Truman show, if you will. You know, yeah. 100%. I, you know, it, it's funny. So you, you mentioned early, early on um, about the, I don't call them factory cities, but essentially factory cities or these, you know, factory villages or whatever, these yeah. things that were built yeah. around the nature of work. Yeah. Right. So it was kind yeah. of forced, if you will, community. We all kind of were growing together, kind of working together, doing these things together. And you, you have that, I've watched enough anthropologically oriented shows. I, I won't 
you know, time team. I, I will say time team because I'm a big yes. file when it comes down to it. Yeah. So I, you know, it, it's fascinating because you watch these things and you're looking at it from a, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like a, the telescope of, of millennia in some cases. Yeah. But, and you see how these, that kind of nuclear aspect of humanity was built. We're built around this kind of Roman <laughs> merchant city, or we're built, you know, an industrial revolution. We were built around these factories that did, you know, or tanneries or were, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, foundries or, or whatever. And so I, I love the concept that you say, and we have this kind of, again, ideal in this day, day and age of, you know, community ends up being, you know, a common purpose, which I agree with, right? We have to have something that joins us together, whether it be common purpose. I had some guy, uh, one of the authors I know and respect, a guy named Christopher Rocchio, say ethos, pathos, <laughs> and logos, right? The word, <laughs> the, the ethic, the the meaning, right? And all those things together. And it's, it's great. Very, very didactic from his perspective. But that ability to go door to door and say, hey, listen, I need help or and vice versa, and as you, and you said it, yeah. and we'll touch on this a little bit because I think this is foundational to some of the other stuff you're doing with conservation, right? Yeah, the ability yeah. to take care of your community in the ways yeah. that matter to you is most. So you have that business, you have that, that personal stake, you have that familial stake, right? And so wherever you go, it's it's less about master planning these communities together. It's like, hey, I watched a city get built. <laughs> and we can yeah. still say that today. Uh, where I lived for, as a sidebar, you know, where I lived at the beginning of the the 2000s i literally got to watch a town being built a la truman show master planned community we're gonna put a pool in we're gonna put 500 houses and you know your your boundary lines are you know i, I can kind of see it if i squint you know it's like there it's all, everything mashed together and people find that to be a measure of success hey i live in this you know ladera ranch was the name of the place um you know it sounds yeah. so highfalutin you know, I mean, so, you know, so respectable, but you're literally living in a sense during, for some people this works, but you're really, you're literally living in someone else's idea of what your community should be. Yes. And, and you try to find your niche and yeah. do we ever go door to door these days, you know, and actually ask, you know, Hey, you know, what's the, the familial cup of sugar? Do you have a cup of sugar I can borrow or a couple of eggs? Yeah, you know, yeah. Like well, that kind of concept. Well, my 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 neighbour is, uh, I'm not, and I'm not looking for any kind of brownie points here. Uh, my my my, my neighbour's 90, and her family uh, live quite far away. Um, probably not in the same scale as in America, not California versus Boston or whatever. But, um, but that's pretty far away. <laughs> yeah, they live across the UK. So yeah. so we we every couple of weeks I go around and I we've obviously had to be careful with with the COVID thing, but I cu I cut the grass. Yeah. And I, and, I, and it takes me ten minutes. And her family pulled up the other week and was and they, they were they were like, Pete, oh, please, you don't have to do this. You're, I'm so sorry. And I was like, it, it takes me ten minutes. And I have a chat with Margaret and and yeah. I feel a little bit better about the day. And that's that's what we should be doing. So it's funny, isn't it? I, I think we've lost a little bit of that. And I yeah. I kind of intent on bringing it back. <laughs> And we should. I, I think a lot of what we do in, in our day jobs, I, I think Vika said this, and I, I'm probably going to misquote this because I talked to him you know, a couple <laughs> days ago. But I think yeah. a lot of what we miss is that you know, out of our abundance, we forget that there's things that we can give. 100%. You know, or in, that, in that, that split between work and you know, the work-life balance as you know, all these employers mm -hmm. like to talk about these. We'll give you good work-life balance. Well, 
you know, are you living the work or are you working the live? You know, how yeah. are these things coming around? And if I can use the resources that I'm given, uh, Kara Waspero with Esther is the exact same way. Yeah. If I can use yeah. these little bits and pieces of what I'm given and actually do something within my community, you know, yeah. 10 minutes of mowing lawn, it, it seems like a pittance in terms of time, effort, energy, and investment, but you're making a connection with Margaret, as you said, you know, that's, you're, you're providing a, a touchstone for her, you know, and yeah. in a day and an age where she's forced to be behind those, you know, oh, yeah. walls, you know, how, you know, how you're able to build this out. And if you apply this into alt and some of the other things that you're doing, if you get people to start thinking about, all right, everything you build, whether it be social enterprise or big business, right. Yeah. How you're, interaction is with these people what are you doing to truly give back within the delivery of this whether Absolutely. it be code or whether Absolutely. it be uh, uh you know whatever type of product agriculture product or whatever how are you able to do this and i think that's that's an amazing gift that you have in order to do that in, in a in a great heart with that so yeah no brownie points needed man it's that's who you are <laughs> just, just be you just be you so you talked a little bit about also the green space kind of concept, right? And, and keeping things clean. And I know conservation, yeah. you know, shows up large in, in your, um, yeah. your kind of CV, if you will. So tell me a little bit yeah. about why you wanted to focus on conservation as a, as a, as a part so, of it. So, I, yeah, I've, I've always, um, uh, well, I'm going to actually, I'm going to be completely honest. So, and because I, I, I was completely honest on a on a webinar thing we did the other week with the Rainforest Trust. So I a couple of years ago, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I, I had my uh, my my lifestyle of running my own business, um, going to going to the states a couple of times a year, driving to Europe right for a summer holidays. So yeah. the nice things of of we've worked we work hard, we've got some nice things right, and and I, I think the Amazon fires of uh, 2019 and I remember like looking at these images and just going what are we doing <laughs> like why why are we letting this for why 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 are we doing this and I, I think the more I started reading about it it was it was a real shock to my core about what the hell what the hell are you doing about it you know, you sat there and then you go through this thing in your head going, well, it's so big. What can I, what, 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 what can I do? You know, how can I make an impact? And it was a friend of mine actually who sent me a link to just by chance, the Rainforest Trust. And I went on the website and for me, they're a US based charity, but they've got a UK arm now, but they, they were founded in the US 30 years ago. And they, they basically uh, state very clearly, if you give us a dollar, this is what we'll do with it. So, so immediately, I, I can see an impact that I, I can make yeah. as one person. And uh, I donated, me and my wife donated a small, small amount of money, right? We're at Leonardo DiCaprio with $5 million in the fund. <laughs> we, we, we can't we all just, be Leonardo. Yeah, that we can't all be Leo. Yeah, so absolutely. There's only one Leo. So, so we, we, did a small, we did a small donation and we got a really nice letter back a couple of months later. Obviously, they'd been inundated with, with things. And um, I, was looking at, I was looking at this letter and I just thought, I'd like to do more. So I just rang, I just rang a lady called Vicky Wallace. I just rang her, had a nice chat. Um, and then I met her with, with my wife, Andrea, in, in London just before lockdown. And um, they were like, look, our presence in the UK is tiny and we're looking for businesses to become corporate sponsors. 
right? So you get the name on the website, but you give a, you give an amount every month, which there's um, a couple of donors in the US which I think match fund it. Oh. So they're, they're, they're anonymous donors, but for, for whatever a certain program brings in, they match that funding. And I was like, right, great. And they give me an amount of acres. I think we save at the minute, it's something like three and a half thousand acres a year based on our, our donations. So mm-hmm. I was like, right, I've got something tangible now, yeah. something I can talk about, something I can share. And if you, you know, you go back to your line of work, Dave, and you go back to mine, where you're looking at early adopters and you're going, right, early adopters need to almost uh, evangelize about what, what it is that they're doing. And I just thought, you know what, this I get as much thrill out of them sending me an email saying we've just protected 3,000 acres yeah. as I do with someone signing a contract. Yeah. So I was like, I'm just going to do this as well. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> so, well, it's a different minimal viable product, right? You know, it's, it's not so much the run, running exactly. towards that, that, that first deliverable. It's, you know, something tangible. Exactly. And I think, yeah, Carol Rossborough at Esther said the exact same thing, you know, like part of the reason why Esther has been successful or is continuing to be successful is that people are actually able to see where their dollar goes. You know, and I think that's, it's, it's removing some of the, let's say, historical stigmas around charities, right? Where it's, you find out, and I'm not going to name names, but there's a certain society that's back there that, you know, you realize that 10% of your dollars goes to actually doing thing and 80, you know, 80 to 90% ends up in fundraising and doing these other things. And you doubt the efficacy of these models, right? Because yeah, I want to know that what I'm doing matters, right? Whether it be work or, you know, these things that my charitable giving or my, in my moments, you know, like doctors without borders to me is a, is a, is my cause of choice. Cool. And I love the fact that, you know, for me, I don't need to know that, you know, this particular child or this particular person was helped with a picture like i'm i'm okay with the overall kind of anonymous aspect of it but you know it's very yeah. very cool to because i know what they're doing and i love getting yeah. those newsletters reading through them and saying oh this is cool you know i'm doing something that's you know human based <laughs> it's not yeah. it's not political it's you know it's not overly rotten you know fraught with these kind of difficulties like it's real people doing real things for you know real yeah. real victims of wars or famine or any of these types of situations so i think the stewardship aspect again most as we talked about in the pre-brief one of the uh, amazing individuals i got to talk to uh, lucy is looking at that conservation and i think we have this and this is by all means in support of it but we have this kind of global mindset sometimes and then we kind of forget what's happening here (laughs) you know like right in front of us too Um, so it's great that amazon it affects all of us. Right. And I think there's a level of discomfort that drives us to betterment. Right. You know, so it's that, that Greta Thunberg, because I brought her up yesterday too. It's that Greta moment where it's like, why is this person so agitated about what's going on? This doesn't make me feel good. So I either need to go and make myself feel good, but by hopefully doing some good stuff um, or it's agitating me to change. Right. We always want to, we, as human beings, we always want to move towards that kind of pleasure principle, as Freud used to say. I'm using that a lot too. I got to stop reading Freud. It's driving me nuts. <laughs> uh, that pleasure principle of that that foundation of this discomfort should drive me to betterment. It should drive me to greatness. It should drive me to helping others, right? Because that it soothes my spirit in the same way that I know I'm doing something good for you know my community. There you Absolutely. go. See, we can, we can tie this all together. I so it's awesome it, yeah. that you're doing that. 
Uh, how would you encourage other people like, and plug it a little bit right now for me as well? How would you sure. encourage other folks uh, within the UK? Because we do actually have a large UK and UK and Ireland audience. Yeah, yeah. I well, well I, I, I think I think from a sustainability perspective, you know, the climate change piece has got out of the bag. You know, we I think the, the, the science and the data is is, you know, you can see now we're even if we all stop using cars tomorrow and we stopped eating meat and all the things that they tell us to stop doing, um, it's out of the bag and there is changes happening that, that for the next well, for our lifetimes, Dave, I, I think we're gonna be seeing freak weather conditions and all sorts of stuff like that. So um, what what I'm thinking about is how do we preserve what we have? That's where my mindset is. I'm not clever enough to come up with carbon capture technologies. Otherwise, I'd be in my garage now having a, having a think with a, with a carbon capture technology piece. You know, we, we just need to stop cutting stuff down that we don't need to do. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, so so for me, like just an analogy, the whole climate change narrative is overwhelming. And I think that people read it and it's like i don't know what it's like in the states but in the uk you go for a packet of cigarettes um and there's pictures of illness graphic pictures of people yeah. dying or died that have got stuff yet people still buy it and I, it always amazes me when i'm in the petrol station it's like packet of 20 please and i just see this this horror picture being passed over the counter to somebody and you're like what why, why would you still buy that knowing that, that there's a high probability that's going to give you what's on the front of that thing? Yet they still do it. Yeah. And, and I think it says a lot about human psychology. And also when you think about climate change, I can read, I mean, you could just stop what we're doing now, read an article about the Amazon's drying up. Oh, okay. Right. I'm just going to go eat this apple now and then I'll do something else. Like it's like we just we yeah. programmed to just be a little bit desensitized towards things. So for me, the whole climate change piece is too loud and screamy. It's like someone set the fire alarm off in the building. No one can show us out. So what we need to do is we need to break it down and we need to break down the problems in a more sort of, OK, well, we know that cutting forests down releases a lot of carbon. So so, so why don't we stop or prevent doing that so that's one of the areas where i've kind of gone for the money i generate in my life and my wife and i generate we can make a measurable impact as a couple with someone who is 30 years experienced they have 195 ngos on the ground around the world in the tropics etc and they can use that take that capital and they can deploy it in a way that i could never do that and it helps me sleep better at night knowing that i'm doing as much as i can to to, to you see what i mean so like my 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 piece with that now is you know people talk about narratives and sharing stories and stuff as a business person or whatever but i i just like to tell real stories going back to how i grew up i suppose yeah. and so for me now i'm sharing that with with people um and hopefully yeah i've one of my really close friends, she's got a great business in Leeds. She's joined as a Conservation Circle member. We did an event last week and we've had, you know, a couple of businesses sign up as well. So we know that that crossing the chasm marketing thing for tech products can yeah. also apply to, you know, something like this, which is great. Yeah, it's, it's good. You, I think you give, uh, if you give conscience to, if I can say it that way, conscience to technology, you give conscience yeah. to people. Um, I think a lot of that is, yeah, like you said, you can sleep better at night knowing that you've done something 
you know? Yeah. And for everybody, it's it, that something can be different for sure. You know, I, uh, again, I know from my personal experience, it, it's going to look different for me than it is, gonna, you know, for my friends and, and the people yeah. I enter. And, and obviously for you too, we all have our things that we want to do in a way that we sit on that table in the chipper and have those conversations <laughs> with people. It, it's, it's truly that, you know, yeah. one person infecting another person with a great idea and infecting yeah. in a good sense, not a Corona kind of not, not COVID sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Avoid that. Stay home. Wear a mask. Um, you know, Got to put that in there because people are people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> But that's an incredible way to do that. So in, in wrapping all this stuff up, I mean, we've talked, we've gone a lot, we've gone on a journey. We've gone from, you know, Pete as a 10 year old on a counter to Pete as a grown ass (laughs) adult, you know, saving the rainforest one acre at a time. Like what's, what's one, you know, like as, as a close, you know, what's, what's one big value statement that you have for yourself that you, you know, if, if someone to sit you down, like I am today, say, all right, Pete, you are this, you know, what, Tell me what that is. What what's your what's your message to the world at this point? Wow. Okay. That's, yeah, that's I know. Big... I like big questions at the end because yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's good filler. My brain now is trying to work out what the universe expands into. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, There's theories yeah. behind that. <laughs> yeah, I got from a value perspective. I, you know, what, Joe, I'm just going to be. I, maybe this is just a reflection of what what mindset this conversation has put me in. But I am still learning. And I'm still learning about myself. I know I'm a lot clearer on what I want to do next and where I'm heading. And that is, as I was saying earlier, it's about creating value. And then, you know, coming back to the rainforest work and all of that jazz, I I don't want to be the guy sat in his electric Ferrari because it'll be an electric Ferrari in 20 years with my white hair flowing back with my oxygen mask on because we've got so many viruses around us that we've released and so much, you know, like, like it's just having a, a sustainable life. And, um, I, I can't see why I can't wed my capitalist instincts to actually living in an environment that, you know, I'd want to pass on and that, and that's it. Yeah. I, the always learning part. Absolutely. Couldn't couldn't agree more. Same thing with, uh, you know, living within sustainable means. Right. I think that's, you know, it, being responsible. I know I'm going to be talking to a few folks in the upcoming weeks about responsibility, you know, and uh, yeah. actually in season two, which you will be back for. I can guarantee it. Oh, we'll oh, be talking about we'll be talking about yeah. trust, you know, and trust yeah. factors into that as well. We talk about community. We talk about the foundations of everything that we are. You know, it's yeah. really a kind of how we grow up, how we develop and how we become. So that trust aspect becomes that conversation that you have ongoing. It becomes what we're doing here. You trusted me to handle this conversation. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I trust your responses, and and you can see you know people by what they do as well. You know, and like you're saying, I mean, if you want to have an electric Ferrari, go for it. Make sure it's done (laughs) by tidal power, and uh, potentially wind and or solar. Let's just let's be clear about that, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, know? you know what? It comes back to I, I've I've still not settled my mind on it. You know, I, I feel like you know I'm I'm sort of exploring all that stuff. I grew up, you know, as passionate into car, passionately into cars, and um, I uh, I remember my grandfather taking me to you know um, open days, track days, and yeah. once went to a once went to a Ferrari. I think I was about twelve when I went to a, a this sort of Ferrari meet and. Uh, you know, we couldn't afford a Ferrari or anything like that. I, yeah. I was just like, what is this thing? Yeah. It's bright red. People are taking photographs of it. This is this is what I want to be sat in, you know. And, and it's like, yeah, you just get older and you think, 
that's nice, but 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 you've got to be driving around in it with a conscience, haven't you? So yeah. not all that there is in in life. Yeah, I have a '63 Triumph TR3, little TR3 oh, B, and so yeah, it was my dad's first car, and so I love it, you know. And it, but, you that's know, it's it's one of those things that you sit there and you're like, all right, I take pictures of this. Yeah, that, <laughs> you know? that's a special, uh, yeah, and so. that's the thing. You know, that's it's a that's 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 where you know you value that and. Um, You've, it's been forged forged in fire 50 years ago and you, you're still looking after it which is which is really nice yeah we can so. debate the uh, the assembly process on those things too because uh, yeah <laughs> i got some problems but that's all right i never met well, a lucas electro like electronics thing that i have not wanted to rip out and throw into a bin somewhere <laughs> so uh, that being said pete it's been awesome to have you on this morning i know Likewise. thank you for your thank time you. And thank you for the random encounter and in circumstance through Naomi. And, and thanks for taking a chance. Yeah, I mean, uh, thank you. Uh, you know, you're putting it out there with a, with a really good message. And um, I appreciate your time as well. So thanks very much, Dave. All, thanks for all me. about people. It's all about people. Yeah. So until next time, uh, <laughs> I bid you adieu. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening to Elemental Collision. If you'd like to know more, please go to elementalcollision.com. Thanks for listening.